And I must admit that while we were all expecting it to happen at some point, there was still shock and surprise. And the outpouring of emotion on this side of the ocean and certainly in the UK has has been stirring. Global's Crystal Glancing covering the morning in Scotland. I've lost both my parents. Not easy, but when you're in the limelight, like there, and they don't have time to grieve privately, privately, very hard. You can't help but think of people that you've lost. Tears flowed on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. More wanted to be a part of the historic scene, but police officers were forced to shut down all roads and stairways leading to the procession route. The demand overwhelming like the moment. I feel privileged. Privileged to say goodbye to the head of state, the sovereign, who uh, took me with the allegiance to. And it just goes to show how gracious, not just our Majesty the Queen is, but the King and the Royal Family to allow the public, through their mother, to let the people rejoice in the fantastic work that she did while she was with us. And I think the mourning of the Queen is certainly one thing. And we're starting to see the new King and Charles here um, pick up as expected because he has been prepared for this new role. And yet, I still wonder, not now, not next week, but months from now, what that relationship will be like. And that's why the King's speech was so important. Through all changes and challenges, our nation and the wider family of realms, of whose talents, traditions, and achievements I am so inexpressibly proud, have prospered and flourished. Our values have remained and must remain constant. Nicholas Kenny is with us, professor in the Department of History at Simon Fraser University. Professor, good to talk to you. Thank you so very much for joining us. Good evening. Thanks for the invitation. I think of the monarchy in this country, and I think that, yes, we are a constitutional monarchy. We like the idea of the queen, that from time to time we look at this and go, all right, that's fodder for conversation. And then the mourning period now, and uh, for those that haven't met her, it still stirs emotion. But one wonders whether or not we have this debate again in this country and in other Commonwealth countries as we think about our relationship with royalty. Not now, not next week, but do we have that serious conversation in the months and years to come in this country? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, it's a very topical question. I think you're very right to say that we don't have it tonight or tomorrow or next week. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a, this is a time for, for, for mourning. And, and, and there's, there's two things going on. There's mourning of Queen Elizabeth II, who was an extraordinarily popular monarch figure uh, in Canada, in the UK, internationally. Uh, and then, and then we need to kind of decouple, I think, the 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 attachment to her personally, which 
let's be honest, I think did a lot to sustain the monarchy and the legitimacy with which we view the monarchy. So we have to kind of separate that from the monarchy itself. Um, and, and that's part of a conversation which, as you say, may happen in the medium term, but really has been happening for, for some time now. Um, and, you know, it, it's nothing new to, 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 uh, to, to, to raise. Um, the question has been, uh, has been put uh, to Canadians in the past by, by all kinds of uh, pollsters. And, and we know there's a, there's a significant uh, proportion of the population who, who prior to uh, the Queen's passing uh, would have, you know, expressed a sense that uh, maybe the monarchy is something of, of the past. Maybe it's not relevant for uh, us as, as Canadians today in terms of, of, of how we see ourselves, uh, how we govern ourselves. Um, so, so it's part of, 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 a, of a bigger conversation that I think may continue but has no easy answers. No, and I agree with you there. But I do think right now uh, the King's speech and how he conducts himself and uh, the days ahead – this is a big audition for him. Agree or disagree? Uh, it certainly is. I mean, he's been auditioning for this role, or at least the understudy for it, for quite a long time. Uh, <laughs> so I think I think he's prepared. I think he's he's going into it uh, knowing uh, knowing what the expectations are, knowing the size of the shoes he's filling. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I think you're right. Everybody was was uh, uh, very attentive to that speech because. We were looking for clues and, and, and what kind of direction he was signaling. And, and perhaps it's not surprising for you know, such an, an, an August institution, such a, an institution based on protocol and, and tradition, that, that King Charles III really uh, promised continuity, right? Uh, I, think he, I think he was trying to be reassuring. I think he was trying to say to his subjects at home and abroad, uh, you were very attached to my mother, uh, her style pleased, uh, and I will continue uh, in that vein. That's what he signaled anyway. That, that's what I heard. That's what I think a lot of people heard. Now, whether, whether he, you know, how he does that, because you, you have to figure he's going to want to put, to some degree, his own imprint on, on his reign uh, as well. And he knows that his time on the throne Will not be as long as his mother's was. So, how does he how does he make his mark? How does he uh, continue in that uh, tradition of service that the Queen has been so heralded for over the last uh, several days, uh, while at the same time, you know, being his own person? Now, uh, institutionally, if you like, uh, the, the 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 crown is the crown, whether it's Queen Elizabeth or King Charles. You know, none of that changes in terms of how the the, the institutions of 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 the of, you know, the, 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 the of Britain and, and Canada function in, in other places as well, uh, but in terms of the relationship to his subjects to the broader uh, public, uh, look. Let's be honest. We we know that that um, Charles uh, has had a, a rough ride in, in in the public spotlight over the last. You know, several decades, really, since uh, his uh, divorce from, from from Diana, he's he's, he's often been uh, uh, much maligned in the in in the media. So this is not new. Uh, but but you know, so how he tries to uh, reconcile that, uh, how he tries to 
uh, give us uh, something by which we will remember him down the road, I think is, is, is what we'll be watching for in the, in the next few years, knowing that his, his time is, is limited compared to the time his mother had. With Nicholas Kenny, professor in the Department of History at Simon Fraser University, Richard in for Ben. I wonder, though, as Canada continues to change and evolve, that we are not a nation of just English and fewer French-speaking peoples, that we are a land of immigration where we've seen consistent immigration from from Asian countries, where the language, languages that we speak and the traditions that we have and embracing a multicultural Canada, um, the whole idea of the oath to the queen and now the oath to the king, um, while important to some, I dare say is not important to the many. And that if this country continues to evolve unless there is a presence like somebody like Elizabeth that will um, pull, if you will, beyond the institution, and that is what she has done, that if it's kind of the same old bland Charles, dare I say at some point in the future, there might be a successful move away from the monarchy. Nothing. Nothing's impossible. Uh, we've seen radical political changes in in our world in the last uh, uh, few years. Uh, you know, including in Britain with, with with their with their choice to leave the European Union. So, so it, but it would be a big step. It would be a big step. I think. Um, you know, one of the things that um, uh, characterized uh, 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 Elizabeth's uh, reign uh, was her. I think openness to some of those uh, uh, questions that, that that you talk about in terms of uh, uh, divert, cultural diversity, for instance, um, and and I think her her popularity went beyond the kind of you know descendants of of of, of, of British uh, <laughs> uh, immigrants to, to to Canada from another era, uh, and more recently, um, you know she you know the the, the modern just to take. Uh, Quebec. I mean, the monarchy has never been particularly uh, popular uh, in Quebec for for kind of obvious historical reasons. Although the Queen did speak uh, impeccable uh, French, uh, but mm-hmm. she was she she showed herself to be open to um, uh, uh, those those that that diversity and and, and close to people of, of of you know because what made her her charisma was was her. The ease with which she uh, interacted with with a bunch of people. So, so I think she was already. I think she was already uh, taking things in that direction. Now, whether you know whether that that, that kind of uh, forceful direction in which the country has been going and is going in terms of of greater diversity, in terms of those historical uh, reference to the to the monarchy being you know less and less uh, relevant, our our sense of of who we are as a, as a country isn't tied up to our our connection to to the british empire as it, as it once was it, it, you know that that's been a long uh, 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 you know it's been a long time i think since since that hasn't been the case uh, anymore um it does raise some questions though as i alluded to earlier in terms of of what we do next we know that that constitutional change in in canada is extremely uh, hard to come by and we have not been very successful 
uh, at instituting constitutional change in, in this country since the Queen signed the uh, patriation uh, of, of the Constitution back in, in the early 1980s. Um, so, you know, it's one thing to uh, modernize uh, the, 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 the country and its institutions. Uh, it's another ball of wax to do away with the monarchy entirely, because what do you replace it with? How do you find consensus about around a new political model and knowing the diversity of, of interests in this country it's, it, and, and knowing our history that, that we have uh, in terms of the difficulty of, of, of achieving constitutional change. It's hard to imagine. I think, I think, you know, it's hard to imagine how we, how we square that circle. It's, it's easy to, to have the conversation, what concretely tangibly might one day uh, replace, uh, be the, be the replacement system. I think it's a lot harder. Uh, I do That's what we're having relevant. tonight yeah. is a little more conversation about this. Polling by Ipsos for Global News since 2016 has tracked a steadily increasing number of Canadians who say they would support ending the monarchy. In a March 2021 poll, 66% of Canadians said the royals should have no formal role in Canada with six in ten saying the relationship between the monarchy and Canada should end when Queen Elizabeth II dies, highlighting a stark lack of support for then-Prince Charles and Camilla, who have now ascended to king and queen. Interesting uh, numbers in that. But as I said earlier, Nicholas Kenny, now is not the time for that debate, but perhaps at some point in the future it will be. I can't imagine, though, a Canada without a constitutional head of state very much like a king or a queen because all of our uh, government institutions are framed that way. And to me, just the expense of unraveling it, that in itself is, uh, I dare say, un-Canadian. It, it, if, if ever we do decide to to unravel it, it'll be it'll be a long and messy process. Do you remember those uh, Meech Lake Accord <laughs> meetings? Uh, the, you know the, those will pale in comparison. Uh, yeah, not 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 just the cost, but I, I, you know what what institutions do we have? Yeah, couldn't agree with you more in that sense because I think we're really good at debating these topics, fodder for conversation. But in the end, we'll find a way to kind of keep it the same without really unraveling it in a major way. Yeah, and I, and I think ultimately, just to you know, be sort of pragmatic about it for for a brief moment, is is probably what you would end up is a situation in which we continued with our governor with a governor general, uh, and that governor general would be the, the head of state, uh, no longer dependent on on the British monarchy that that's probably what it would look like uh but any opportunity to open up the constitution uh, you know raises all kinds of questions about other things we do in terms of amendment formulas and recognizing uh, rights and gr- of groups and individuals and, and and nations within canada so so that's where it becomes complicated more than just you know what do we do with the figurehead once you open that Pandora's box, then it's about the whole apparatus be, be beneath the figurehead. That's where it gets super complicated.
Professor, great conversation. Thank you so very much for joining us this evening, and I'm sure we'll talk again. That'd be great. Thank you so much.